Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom every day. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. You can find me on Twitter at DailySTEM or on DailySTEM.com. And with us today is Tori Cameron. Now, she's been on the show before. We kind of actually did a joint podcast. I joined hers and she joined mine. That was uh, back on Podcast 89. And you can find her on the Steam of the Classroom podcast. Subscribe to it because she interviews some great people. She is a Steam Lab specialist. You can find her on Twitter at Steam Up the CLSRM. Welcome to the show, Tori. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so exciting to talk to you again, and especially because you've transitioned from being just a quote-unquote regular teacher to being a, a STEAM lab specialist. So, so what was that like? Pretty wild. I've gone from having about 40 kids, uh, two sets of classes, and uh, now I have about 750. Wow. So, yeah, I have the whole school, which is really cool. Yeah. And now I'm solely focused on um, well, STEAM because it's called the STEAM lab. Yep. So it's been a really awesome year. Cool. So, so jumping in from, you know, a small class up to tons of kids, that's, that's a whole different kind of challenge. You're not seeing them every day, I'm guessing, right? Right. So I see one class from one grade level for five days in a row. Wow. So, um, like the third graders, I'll see the same group for five days in a row and same for like the other grades. And um, I see grades three through six. Okay. And then, um, so I'll see them for five days and then I don't see them again for give or take two months because it has to cycle through all the other classes in the school. Right. Everybody has to get their turn with, with Mrs. Cameron. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure the kids just count down the days, I'm sure, to like, <laughs> when do we get to go back to the STEAM lab again? I mean, they oh. are very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, you're, you're, the way you've got that set up is very different than a lot of other people that, that we've talked to here on the show. A lot of people do it where they just cycle just one time, but you get to see them for a whole five days at a time. Do you, do you find that really helpful to do the five days in a row? Yeah. So um, it definitely was a huge adjustment doing that um, when I came to this school, just even having my homeroom kids see the same person for five days in a row, but it works yeah. and it works really well, especially because um, you can have projects in, in units and you can mm -hmm. actually see them through instead of it taking months to finish one project. It only takes another five days because you see them five days in a row. Right. And also, it's really helpful with storage. Okay. And when the kids are building with cardboard or they're doing something big, it would be really hard to have 750 kids <laughs> in one room. <laughs> right. They have like one set from each grade in the room. So it works really well that way. Yeah. And, and I can imagine that you try to design a lot of those projects, those challenges, those activities to really try to be finished in about five days, right? Yeah, no, they have to be finished in five days. <laughs> yeah, because you can't store 750 of them, right? Exactly. So have, you, have you tried any newer kind of projects or activities with kids this year that have worked well? Yeah, I mean, the, everything that we've done this year has pretty much been new. The only thing that I repeated from last year from my homeroom was when I did the cardboard challenge. Okay. Um, so that with the kids. But yeah, everything's been new. We've had Ozobots and green screens and iPads for recording videos. The kids have 
worked with 3D printing and we have a sewing machine. There's all sorts of stuff. I think the most popular for the kids has been working with the green screen because they've been creating videos and each grade did a different prompt um, to create different types of videos based on whatever their standards were. For example, the fourth graders were making earthquake awareness videos. So what to do in case you're ever earthquake so they had the green screen so they could pretend they were actually in the earthquake and <laughs> all their funny sound effects and everything it was it was a blast yeah so and, and that's a great connection between whatever you're studying in your social studies class and to be able to bring that into so do you do you try to connect with their quote-unquote regular teachers to see what kind of things might fit their their current units or curriculums Yes. So at the beginning of the year, I met with or I talked to each grade and I asked them what their major units were that they went in, no matter what subjects, just the major units that they did throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from there, I narrowed it down what I wanted to focus on. And it varied. So some of them um, were from like social studies and others were for like reading or something like that. So it it varied all across the curriculum. And that's what I'm hoping for next year too, to really have cross-curricular connections. And I would think that doing it, you know, your second year around Tori is going to be a lot easier. Those teachers are going to say, I know what Tori can handle in her classroom. I know what kind of ideas she has. And you have a little more familiarity with that in that regard as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this year the lab was brand new and all of the curriculum I was making throughout the summer and, and early in the fall to so get ready for the whole year and everything. So the entire year has been a huge learning opportunity. Oh, yeah. And next year, I'm, I already have like a thousand ideas. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I, what to do? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm just thinking, too, also, I mean, you call it not just a STEM lab, but a STEAM lab. So you're really trying to add that extra art piece. And again, we're chatting with Tori Cameron. You can find her on on Twitter at steam up the CLSRM. So like steam up the classroom, that's her podcast name. But you're adding that art piece, right? Yeah, really trying to give the kids opportunities to do uh, different types of art. So not just drawing and designing, but also music. We've worked with the Makey Makey Kits too and Mm -hmm. different grades. Uh, Like the third graders, they created uh, pianos that would play music with the Makey Makey Kits and Mm -hmm. um, things like that. So really trying to get that A in there. And I think that makes it more exciting too. It gives the kids uh, even just more of an opportunity to really be creative. And, And take something that they're passionate about because a lot of kids do have a passion, whether it's for, like you said, for drawing or artistic kinds of things, music, all those kinds of different aspects. And, and you even mentioned uh, you got a sewing machine in there. Yeah, the sewing machine has been wildly popular. And not just for the girls, but also the boys have loved the sewing machine. And it was so popular that the director for After School Club mm-hmm. came up to me and she was like, I think I want to make a club for this. So next year (laughs) we have a sewing club that's going to be starting and we got 10 sewing machines for that club and it's going to be wild and I can't wait. And um, I've already, I got myself a sewing machine at home so that I can start practicing more and and trying to figure out what we can sew together and and everything. It's been really cool. I highly recommend getting a sewing machine. Yeah. And different people that I've talked to, I mean, that whole idea of being able to, to take two dimensional pieces of fabric and turn it into a three dimensional shape, whatever, you know, whether it's clothing or pillows or, or whatever it might be. That's a, that's a, difficult skill for for anybody, even adults. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It is, it is, uh, it's definitely a difficult skill. I've definitely been trying to practice. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a, that's a great reminder too, for every educator, get some of those things at home so that you can practice and, and, and even practicing with your own kids or the kids next door and trying something out and saying, Hey, what can I, what can I do? How other ways could I, could I use this in my classroom? Oh yeah. The kids give me ideas. I thought, um, with the sewing machine, it'd be something simple. Like maybe they just create like a little one piece of fabric blanket or something like that, or even mm-hmm. quilt or something. But no, they're like, we want to create scrunchies. We want to create pillows. We want to have like 3D animals, like or 4D animals. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's figure out how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Show me, show me. Right. I mean, and, and that's it. That's again, that's such an important aspect for kids to be able to do just to be able to use their creativity and, and say, the teacher said this, this level, let me take it a step further. Let me see what else I can do. And, and that's awesome yeah. that you can kind of create that, that atmosphere in your classroom. And of course, everything goes right every day in class, right? You, you never oh. have any troubles with anything. Oh yeah, there's never anything. It's all smooth sailing. No, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it's definitely it's been such a change and so new. Mm-hmm. And I think every day I go in with a plan, and my plan changes by eight thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm pretty flexible when I teach in general, but I've definitely had to be a lot more flexible this year than I have ever had. Just, just with, you know, the kids are excited and they're excited to try new things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I have an idea that, oh, they're probably going to want to have this to build today or whatever. And then they end up saying, Hey, can we pull out this material or can we do this instead? I'm like, Oh yeah. All right. Let's do it. If they're excited about it, I don't see why not. Like let's, let's just do it. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of what you're doing is trying to enhance what, what those kids are already doing in the classroom. You're trying to give them those exactly. other kinds of skills, the soft skills, even the, those hands-on skills that take maybe a content or curriculum area and put it into something tangible. Yeah, exactly. And I'm lucky in the sense that I'm a specialist teacher too. So I think I do have um, more flexibility than a teacher, um, like a homeroom teacher. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't have to uh, worry as much about making sure I check off all the boxes of things that the kids need to do by the end of the year because I am, right, I am like an enhancement. I, it's yeah. an extra learning opportunity for the kid by being a specialist in, in, in this way, at least. Awesome. Now, what's been the response in terms of uh, like, like the other teachers in the school? Are they, are they excited about having this, this kind of special, this kind of activities, uh, these, this kind of class for the kids? Yeah, definitely. The school was pretty excited, especially at the beginning of the year with having it be brand new. But a lot of the teachers weren't really sure what the STEAM Lab was all about. So as the year has continued on, they've been like, oh, okay, so this is what the kids are doing. Um, and they're seeing it more and more as just an extra opportunity for the kids to really be able to do skills that they wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do. Because I have all the fun gadgets and all the cool, just different like sets of things in my room. And, and for the kids to be able to learn in a different way, the teachers are like, oh, wow, this is really awesome for my students. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. And, and you, I mean, you, you want those teachers to be able to come to you and say, like you were talking about earlier, when you asked them at the beginning of the year, you said, tell me what it is that you're going to be talking about. I want to be able to add those in to help um, build upon what you're doing in the classroom. 
Oh yeah. And I want that for next year too, even, even more so. And I think with the teachers seeing what the students were doing this year, some of them especially are getting some ideas on what they want me, like what topics they want me to look into for next year and, um, yeah. and try to build off of, um, so yeah, I mean, I have all this curriculum this year and now I'm like, all right, next year, I think I'm going to have at least half of the curriculum is going to be brand new again. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like you said, Tori, that, you know, you have the kids using Azobots. Well, next year they're going to know how to use Azobots. So how do you show them some different aspect of it? Or how do you introduce a different robot that's similar, but because they're going to have different kinds of robots in the future because robots are constantly changing. I know. And speaking of robots, we got Spiros for next year too. All right. So, yeah. So they're going to have two different types of robots they'll be able to play with. And it's, it's really cool. I right. am so lucky. Yeah. Now, um, Tori, I know, I know you're going to have to go here because uh, you got to go pick up kids and all those kinds of things and all those other aspects of being a life of a teacher, <laughs> right? Oh Yeah. And, um, but I want to give you one last, one last opportunity here. Just if you had some great advice, some uh, piece of advice that you just definitely would give to any teachers that are working either in that kind of STEM classroom, elementary, middle school thing, what would be your best piece of advice for them? My best piece of advice would be to not be afraid to try something new. And it's okay if it doesn't work out. This whole entire year has been trying something new for me and yeah. not the lesson has gone the right way and some lessons I've just had to completely throw out and it's, I see them as just learning opportunities for me as a teacher and the kids are so excited to try new things when I'm excited to try new things they get excited from that too and there you it's, go. Just, it's been a, such a great way to build up the excitement for the steam lab and the excitement for just learning in a different way. That's awesome. Especially like you just said, Tori, if you can have passion and you can bring that passion to the classroom, it's going to rub off on the kids and they're going to, they're going to pick up on that and say, what are my passions? What am I excited about? If you're the one excited too. So oh, yeah. um, that's awesome. Thank you again, uh, Tori, for chatting with us today. Again, Tori Cameron, you can find her on the steam up the classroom podcast or uh, check her out at steamuptheclassroom.com. And by the way, congratulations, Tori, on being a finalist for the Massachusetts STEM Teacher of the Year. Oh, thank um, you. If you don't win, I'm sure somebody else must be just like super spectacular all-star. <laughs> if, 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 thank if, you. If, that means a lot. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Again, thanks for joining us on this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. You can find more great podcasts, not only on Tori's Steam Up the Classroom podcast, you should subscribe to that and also subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast and find me on Twitter at Daily STEM and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.